It is the Matt Mosley Show. Nikki Collin joining us, as she always does, and uh, always fun when uh, com- the Bears are coming off a big win, 66-65 to 65 over the over the Mountaineers, and uh, never a doubt, Coach, right? That was... Yeah, right, was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that was uh, some ending to that one. Um, and there were a lot of good things from this game. I would think, uh, you know, you didn't exactly love the execution down the stretch, but, I mean, Jada making the uh, enormous play, you know, getting in there, staying with the, uh, uh, getting the steal, and then getting fouled. I, and and uh, it, it just, um, I don't know if you, have you ever had a scenario where someone had to come off the bench and shoot free throws in that kind of pressure-packed situation at, at that point in the ball game? I have not. I have not. Not quite like that. Not make these and. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty good chance we win. You know, I think I think the advantage to it was um, if there is such a thing, like you didn't have to make both to tie. You know, that's always the, uh, um, you know, I had, I had told Jana, like, you're going to make the first one and then the second one will be easy. You know, like just, just relax and make the first one um, because I knew she would. You know, it's the first one going in because if you don't make the first one, then, then you, like, double down on the pressure – that yeah. you make the second to tie the game, you know. So I just think it, it. Uh, but you know, I just I think Jada was really shaken up on that play, mm-hmm. um, and wasn't getting up quickly and was grabbing her, grabbing her neck and her head. And so you know, the right thing to do was to to send the trainer out to make sure she's okay. Like it's just that that's more important in that moment. So yeah, I, I had not been in that situation before. Um, where I have to pick someone and put them in that situation. But, I mean, you got to pick, like, one of your hottest shooters, and, and very, I mean, it, it was pretty remarkable. She looked unflappable in, in doing it and making the uh, making the two free throws. I, You know, let's keep it with Jana for a minute. You and I have talked about her. I, she is someone that, you've always had a great deal of uh, respect and admiration for and you arrive at this point in the season where you know you're in a you're in a bit of a funk and and you just decided to lean on her even more and and I would say it's paid off in spades uh even in the game against West Virginia that I don't think she'd scored yet and early in the second half in that third early in the third quarter um it's like two threes and a bucket, like eight points in about a two-minute, two- or three-minute span. Um, that really, boy, y'all really took control of things. And I think, boy, ended up jumping out, I think, 45-38 it might have been. But, uh, uh, I mean, it just really seems like she's coming to her own at the exact right time for your team. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things, um, you know, it was um... – you have when you're when you're starting the season and you have a returning first team all conference guard and Sarah Andrews. Um, you have the preseason newcomer of the year and in, in, in Jada Walker. You, know, you got a kid in Yaya that scored 20 points a game at OU, and it's just like you know, uh, kind of mesmerizing at times what she can do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it kind of took time for Jana's steadiness to come through, you know, for her, um, you know, and, and some of it was, we needed, um, we needed someone that our opponents respect from the arc, like make or miss, score 10 points or score four points. Um, our opponents respect Jana's ability to shoot the three. And at a time when as valuable as Jada is to us, you know, she's shooting under 10% from three in Big 12 play. Like people are not going to guard her at the arc. When teams were playing a zone, you know, like it, it just, we needed Jana. We needed someone that would make threes. We needed someone that teams would respect from three um, to be able to get the ball inside. You know, there, there comes a point in time where it's less about someone shooting themselves out of a slump or someone finding unique ways to score and more about, okay, what, what are other alternatives here? And I just feel like, you know, we've needed Jana. We've needed her shooting. We've needed, and as she's made shots and she's played more, her confidence has continued to rise. She, she understands. She doesn't get them right all the time, but she understands the progressions um, in our ball screen probably better than Jada. Jada's a really electric, downhill, creative um, scorer, you know, that maybe Jana isn't. Um, but Jana can come off a ball screen and work her feet and hit the roller. She can come off a ball screen and square her shoulders and throw the kickout pass. Um, you know, and I'm not saying she, she makes the right decision all the time, but I think they play – very, very differently in ball screens. And so I've just, I've just seen this growth in her um, when we were playing Kansas and she, we just, we ran horns and they went under the screen and she bounced that thing back and hit it like that. We need that, you know, we need people to not be able to go under screens on us consistently. Um, and, and so as, as she's seen those shots go in, you know, it just like her confidence continues to, to, to rise and, the other thing about her that I've said um, from the first month I coached her, she never gets tired. Like we have two players on our team that never appear to be tired. And I'm not saying they never are, but um, Bugs and, and Jana just like, they just keep cruising. You know, they don't never get a different look on their face. They don't start huffing and puffing. They don't, you know, like they, she can run all day, you know? And so even going back to the OU game when we were struggling early early and we put her in Yaya and a lot of it, a lot of our um, success in that game was Jana playing off early drags and step ups um, and playing fast and downhill. And, and not that she scored a ton, but she was creating rotations and creating opportunities for other people. And whether it's a hockey assist or an assist, like she's creating the pace. And so it's been fun to see her succeed. Um, she's a great teammate. You know, she's had some DNPCDs this year, like, you know, but she, mm -hmm. when I put her in, she's, she's always prepared. She's always going to bring what she brings. And um, so, you know, I think she's one of those people that, that her teammates rally around as well because she just doesn't have a bad day. You know, her energy is great in practice every day. Um, you know, she's just a really, really good teammate. Yeah, and it, hopefully, you know, as sometimes I even noticed in this game, you know, Dre's minutes were wore down, and, and as the year goes on, you may ask people to play different roles and that kind of thing. How's everybody reacted to that? I mean, it really actually seems like those two, we were talking about Jana 
and Dre have a unique and fun friendship. Um, I'm sure that that doesn't hurt things. But how does that? Uh, how does how does your team kind of responded to you having to maybe change the the way you divvy up minutes a bit? Yeah, I think the minutes are dependent on game. You know, I think yeah. I've realized as the season go- has gone along, like um, the value of playing Asia in between the lane lines more. I think that's some of our success more recently has been having her less um, on the wing and more between the lane lines. Um, you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, we, we, we made the change because the starting lineup changed because we, I, ne- I needed to get out of being stuck in the concept of like, hey, this is the group that succeeded early. Um, yeah. They're going to get it back. You know, they're going to get it back. They're going to get their mojo back, you know, and, and not wanting to take anyone's confidence away by making change. But I also think, um, you know, if, if you don't do anything different and expect different results, then, you know, you're, you become the crazy one a little bit, you know, so we, mm. we just needed to shake it up, you know, we needed, and it doesn't mean that from a total minutes perspective, like, you know, there are going to be games that Dre plays 30 minutes because there's been a ton of games this year where she's been one or two on our team in minutes played. Like she's a versatile offensive player, but you know, we, we were suffering. We were suffering defensively um, kind of in the midst of that, that, you know, tough stretch in January and I felt like the best way to get us going was to put our best defensive lineup on the floor um, to start the game and set a tone defensively. Um, and, and how the game plays out from there is how the game plays out from there. You know, and, and you could see how it played out against Kansas where Dre and Jana came in and they they were our leading scorers and they were a huge part of our success. You know, Dre would have played more minutes if she didn't pick up a couple early fouls once she mm-hmm. went in the game. Um you know, against West Virginia, but I think, you know, we've, we've now won three in a row, you know, it's like, this is working We're we're starting the games playing really, really good defense, um, you know, and kind of setting the tone that way, obviously against West Virginia, we had more turnovers than shot attempts in the first quarter. And, and some of that was the game was really physical early. They called a lot of fouls. <laughs> I had to go to the bench early, you know, both Jana or both Jada and Sarah had two fouls. Um, so we had fewer ball handlers out there, and it it, it showed. Um, early, we weren't turning it over against the press. We were turning it over once we got in the half court um, with decisions that we were making either off the bounce or off the pass in the half court. Um, but then as I subbed, we were making some, you know, not the best decisions um, trying to break the press. And uh, so, I'm, I mean, I, at this point, I feel like we have, you know, eight players who are going to play sometimes nine as we get Madison healthy and back. And it's going to depend on the game, you know, and how are they performing in that game and what are, what are teams doing to us and how are we counteracting what they do to us? Um, I just, I think we've really owned a physical defensive mentality um, since we made that change and made that the priority. You know, when you look at our losses, um, the opponent's centers dominated us. Texas, Jones, and Aaliyah Moore dominated us. Jackson, when we lost at Kansas, dominated us. Audie Crooks dominated us. Lauren Gustin dominated us against BYU. Um, you know, and it's not because they're always taller or 
stronger or whatever. It's like it's, it's a dedication to meeting people early, not letting them get to their spots. And, you know, how do you give up 27 one time that you play Kansas to Jackson and the next time eight? You know, it's, it's effort, it's focus, it's intensity. And that's what we brought, you know, when we played them the second time. And so I, I just think, um, you know, it's not what do we not have to be successful defending them. It's like who we have, we're more than capable of being good defensively against them. We just got to dial in. Yeah, talking to Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley Show. To start that second half, y'all really set the tone. I think you're down 28-25, and there's a give-and-go play that starts the half. And I saw you turn around to one of your assistants and, uh, and, and you know, give him five. I mean, that, that's got to be a, a really nice moment when you kind of have a set play, and it was uh, – Basically, just a give and go, and you got you got yep. somebody just completely free for a basket. But that really set the tone. They they, um, I mean, Coach Kellogg called a timeout in less than forty seconds of of the second half starting because y'all hit two quick buckets. But it is kind of amazing how like a couple of scores like that can can set the tone and just kind of get the whole thing going. Well, you get um. You know, you're you're playing against, and, and I think sometimes as as guards against that matchup, they stay pretty locked up on the perimeter, you know, so a lot of our zone attack against their matchup zone is predicated on keeping the ball in between the lane lines, attacking their center at the high post, um, either off the bounce or playing high-low um, against their power forwards who aren't very big. You know, it's one of the few teams in the league we're actually bigger than um, and so because of that, you know, like it's, it's, you get the guards tend to get more shots in transition with ball movement. Um, you know, they're a team that plays man. If you, if they get, if you get stops and rebounds, they're going to play man in transition. And so, you know, I thought it was, it was really interesting because um, we had talked about when, when teams play matchup zones, the high to low cut is a hard exchange because when they match up, um, it's, it's sometimes, you know, who exchanges that, you know, it's, it's the point of their zone is guarding the point guard. The ball goes into the high post. Um, and if they're locked up on your feeler on the high low, like there's just nobody there. And so I thought we had another opportunity. Like we came back and said, okay, we're going to, we're going to tweak this now. Now, Bella, I want you to flare slip Sarah. Um, so Sarah gets to lay up on the dive to the rim, um, and they just don't exchange at all because there's really no one to exchange her with on that high-low cut. Now Bella comes screen for Sarah. Now you're going to get their little point guard on. Now flip her to the rim, and we're going to get the same thing with you. And she set the screen and then just froze, like didn't slip. And I thought, you know, like, but I, but I thought that first play, getting an easy layup, mm. calms everybody down. We get a stop. We come in transition. Data gets to the rim and transition off a little step-up transition screen. And all of a sudden, you've, you've got them calling a timeout. You've got two paint scores for your, your point guards, basically. You know, and, and so you just, you've created this momentum. And I thought in the second half, um, we kind of switched up some things we were doing offensively and did a really good job attacking them. They, they were trapping. We don't usually do this, but they were trapping our short corner to start the game. So we, we didn't want to go to the short corner because we weren't making quick enough decisions out of the trap um, or catching, ripping baseline and beating the trap early. And so, you know, we kind of 
just stayed with a one three one set and tried to pound it high to low and and drive it and draw fouls and and so you know I thought that team really responded to the change you know in terms of what we were doing um you know and for the most part like we just I thought we competed at the defensive end all night all right and um Nikki Collin with us uh Bears have Cincinnati and um I mean they've Certainly been in a lot of games uh, uh, coming off, uh, you know, took, uh, beat Texas Tech uh, in in Lubbock. But even against some teams, you know, quality teams like Oklahoma, they've really stayed with them. What's uh, what's going to be the key? And uh, wh- by the way, what is that place like? I, I'm, uh, these uh, arenas that we're not used to, I've been very uh, interested in trying to kind of familiarize my, myself with them. Um, what, what did that, what did that, uh, what did that place feel like to your team as you went through a short practice, uh, yesterday, get into town. Then of course you have, uh, uh, today, uh, and, and, and as you get ready to play, uh, tomorrow, what was the, uh, what, what's that in, what's that, uh, gym like? Yeah. Well, when, you know, I, um, this gym has been around a while. I, I played in it, you know, when I played at Marquette and we were all in conference USA and, you know, when I was coaching at Louisville, we played here. And, and um, you know, last night we actually uh, practiced in their practice gym, which is which is in arena. Um, I think the cool thing at Cincinnati, honestly, like it, when you haven't been here, is, is like the concourse of the football stadium is like is almost like a pathway through all their facilities and like into campus. And so it, it's, it's just a unique thing that you're driving two buses down the concourse of the football stadium to pull into the loading dock, the way they're all their athletic facilities are kind of tucked together in campus. So I think the players were like, were we supposed to be like, is where we supposed to be driving? Cause it feels like you're literally <laughs> like it would be driving the concourse at McLean, um, you know? And, and so there's a uniqueness about um, the building and how they're all tied together. We haven't actually been in arena yet. Um, I think, Assuming it's still like it, it was when I played here, the only thing that's like super unique about it is, you know, one end is just a wall. You know, you don't have you don't have stands. It's, it's pretty big, but one end is doesn't have like really a lot of stands, and so it's kind of old school auditorium ish. Um, but you know, they've they've done a really good job branding here and inside the the space and making it not feel to me as as old as it actually might be. Because if I played in it, then it's 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 pretty old, mostly. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll just say but, that. I no, it still seems like a new facility. Uh, <laughs> it yeah. wasn't it wasn't that long ago. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that is interesting that you'll be able to get in there and maybe point out a few things and those auditorium. That reminds me when you're when you're describing it of like Rice or somewhere like that. Where you know, like, I just remember the old Autry Court that was really strange. You know, there was like a almost like a theater. UTA had a similar thing in the old days. Oh, that was an airport hangar. Like that was crazy. (laughs) I coached. I didn't play at UTA, but that was. I think when I was coaching at Arkansas, they were still in that, and we came down and played. And I'm like, oh wow, this is this is different. Um, But yeah, you might have like a. 
student theater or student play, you know, going on over there. <laughs> I mean, it was Someone a little strange. Asked, like the worst play, like worst gym I ever, where we were at. Someone asked me most recently, like yeah. best arena, like one of the coolest places you've played or coached, yeah. one of the worst. And like, I would have, like the pit in New Mexico was one of the best um, game day environments. But I mean, the worst was like when we had a play in Westchester, which is where the Knicks T League team is when they moved the W team from before it was it was bought, you know, and moved to Brooklyn. Like that was by far the worst because you talk about a um, auditorium slash theater stage at one end, like them trying to make it locker rooms like on the third floor. And you're climbing <laughs> steps. I mean, it was it was wild. I'm like, I cannot believe this is where. Even a G League team plays. It was so bad. So, um, so yeah. Like I, I guess I have um, um, anything better than that is good to me. I guess. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, there are some uh, wild. I mean, the ones I need to go to are still all those. Uh, and I, I it, it. By the way, I think y'all going to this smaller venue has just been. It's it's a. It's what's happening across the country. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a great move, and I think some people are now kind of hearing about it and seeing it, and are kind of envious of, of, uh, of the fo- of Foster. But uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's really cool. Okay, so Cincinnati, um, what, do, what do you, uh, what do you, what's, what are the keys, and what do you have to, what do you have to make sure you do to come out of there with a win? We've got a rebound, and we can't foul them. You know, they're they're a really interesting team. They they have played some teams close. Um, their their struggle is to shoot the basketball. They don't particularly shoot the basketball well. They're last in the league in field goal percentage. Um, you know, they play a lot of players, but they play downhill. They draw more fouls than anybody in the league, and they rebound the heck out of it. Probably for two reasons: one, because they know they're going to miss more than they make. Um, and they've got to go get second and third chances, but I think they're they're physical. Um, they're really a physical downhill driving um, type team, so they're they're scary that way. They're just um, they're physically at times imposing, and and then they just they're super committed. Um, you know, to me, Hayes for them, who's their leading scorer, he reminds me of like, um, you know how like Bugs is so aggressive going to the boards. Well, this kid is like the same way. She goes really hard to the offensive glass, but she's she's just more physically imposing, um, you know. So they're they're just they they can make um, they can make a lot of highlight type plays, but like they average less than nine assists as a team. You know, they don't have anyone that even averages two assists a game. So like they're they're driving that ball to score they're driving the ball to get fouled they're going to drive it they're going to shoot it they're going to rebound it um and then defensively they play more man than zone but they do play some 3-2 zone and and certainly we're always uh assuming people will play as some zone so probably going to see a little of both um some man and some 3-2 zone so they're going to have to work hard to get the ball moving against the 3-2 get corner catches attack their bigs you know um, drawn kick. So, um, yeah, they're, they're just a really physical, really good offensive rebounding, um, downhill team. 
All right, Nikki Collin, last thing I have for you, I'll play a little trivia with you to get us ready for the for the ball game. Um, who is UC, uh, who is uh, Cincinnati's first WNBA uh, player, the first ever from that program to, uh, to make it into the WNBA? I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess it was KB Sharp. Am I right? Medina Slays. I play. I, she played right after me, okay. or maybe crossed over. But I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. She would have played for Lori Pirtle. Um, yeah. See, I think I would have known that had we been in the main gym, because I would have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you would have seen it, it, it hanging up there. That and don't for, How many, don't, you're not talking about a household name in the W there. No, I don't. It was not one that was that jumped out to me, even with my vast knowledge of of the W. The uh, oh, I would okay, say, okay. Uh, <laughs> Nikki. The uh, so do you don't want for, me to play W trivia with you sometimes <laughs> or no? <laughs> Let's stick. I need to. I need to stay in the NBA. Let's not. I do not want to do that. Uh, don't forget the Cookie Monster, Cheryl Cook, in the 1980s, big time player for the Bearcats. All right. So the okay, Cookie Monster, it. they called her. But uh, wow, you anyway. dove deep. I'm impressed. <laughs> That's right. I can keep going here. All right. Um, y'all have a good day. Get some chili. You know, I and then uh, if you really there's that place over on the riverfront that has incredible ribs. Uh, I, I don't. Yes, Montgomery Inn. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So you know, get out and about, experience the town, experience the no, right. the view. The, the, what do we call that? So yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't experience thing I'll do, but uh, okay. I will uh, talk to you soon. I think we call this the Queen City or something like that. All right. Um, Thank you, Nikki. I appreciate it. Thank you. That is uh, Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley show. And uh, we uh, thank everybody who's uh, who has been a part of this one today. We'll see you tomorrow. All right.